morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I am your host here on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Another perm in the books. We survived. We thrived. We enjoyed. I hope all my listeners here had a good perm. What was it, last Thursday already? It feels like just yesterday, but it also feels like three weeks ago. I don't know. One of those like odd sort of feelings. Purim was was honestly, it was a great time. We had our big shul event in the Heights. Thank God. A big success. Uh, Purim Day. Between Purim, March Madness, but mostly Purim. Because, you know, you know, I'm a big sports fan and and I love Purim. So when they coincide one another... Like it did just this past Thursday with March Madness and Purim. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to have the game zone during the Suda. I said, no, the Suda is for the Suda. Sports, you know, you want to follow it, you can follow it on your phone. The Suda for this is for the Suda. The TV will be off. And sure enough, for the most part, I mean, everyone complied. It was one time during the Suda. It's like, you know, we're all singing and everything. And this kid comes over to me like, look at the score. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, this is Purim. That score, I'll figure out what the score is in an hour from now. When the game's over, the game's over. Like, I, I don't care about the score right now. <laughs> I just want to have a good time. And and I had a good time, you know, thankfully with my friends. I was going to say family, but I mean, my brother and sister-in-law showed up a little before the suit up. It was a good time. Survived the night, survived the next day. Shabbos, really, just a wonderful weekend. One of the, I, I, I say, like, we need Purim every month, and then, and then I back off of it because Purim every one month may be a little too much, but I need Purim every, like, four months. I need it, like, a three times a year. Because I don't know if you find this the case. I, I happen to like Jewish music. I happen to like singing. Uh, whether it's at my Shabbos table, whether it's, you know, a wedding. Like, I love the wedding music. So, like, for whatever reason, my age, my friends group, it's not necessarily, I don't know if socially acceptable is the right word, but just, like, I don't know. It's just, like... Eh, we don't need to like sing a, a Zemmer or whatever. So Purim, all of a sudden, like, oh, it's allowed, you know? Sing anything and everything. So really, it was a good time. Uh, a lot of songs. We we have our shtick at my Purim Suda where we go, you know, we're singing for like, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, and then we start the, uh, we go through the years from Rosh Hashanah all the way through Shavuos, really, with different songs in the Gunim, you know, every holiday. It's good shtick. Everyone enjoys it. Um but really a good time. And this is not really what I wanted to talk about. I, ha- I had a thought, and I've actually got a lot of thoughts. i got things going on and, uh, you know, a lot of like, wow, things are happening for a reason. What that reason is, I had this conversation with my roommate, I think literally two nights ago. Things, you know, we both, whatever, you know, things going on and it's like things are, we, we both, you know, I strongly believe things happen for a reason. But it's trying to figure out what that reason is. You know, and and it it makes it a lot easier to cope in life. I don't know. And he, and he was saying this. He goes, you know, thank God I'm a firm Jew. And by the way, this is not what I wanted to talk about, but now I'm going to talk about it. And my next subject, you know, I'll say for next week. But he goes, thank God I'm a firm Jew. I go, why? He goes, because, you know, I'm going through something irrelevant, what it is, but I'm able to cope with it because I know things happen for a reason. Because I know there's a plan. God plans. And I know whatever he is planning, it, it, it's there for ultimately for my good. 
And I was like, listen, brother, like I, I totally agree with you. I, you know, I am able to go through everyday life and, and this is probably very hard for most people. And, and, you know, it, it's a bracha, I would say on my end that, I, that I am capable of living this way. And, and it really, uh, you know, there are people out there and I have other friends that maybe aren't as from, or, and they think I'm crazy and listen, teach their own. I'm always a you do you guy, but it, but you know, and I said to my friend, I said, <laughs> like I'm totally with you. It, I am able to, you know, wake up every morning, say Modani, and say, you know, whatever is going on in my life is because of you. And I might not, you know, I ultimately I don't know the reason, and that's what maybe the most frustrating of you know is is trying to figure out God's end game, and we'll never know until you know we 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 end up one day in Shemaim in heaven, and, and we're looking back at our life, and you know we could put the puzzles of the piece, the pieces of the puzzle, excuse me, together, and. Um, some ways that's frustrating, but, but I don't know, for whatever reason, my friend and I were just both like, listen, God has a plan. And, you know, sometimes that plan for some people is pretty straightforward and easy. And sometimes it's a long wavy road that brings you in circles or brings you backwards and God's plan. You know, I joke saying God's plan, Drake song, but there's something about like, listen, God's plan, and and like I said earlier, it's it's easier for some than other. But I promise you, you will be able to cope with so many things. And I I tell this to you know members of my family and my friends, like just if you truly truly believe that there is a God up there that is simply you know um, puppeteering, right? He, he is controlling everything going on. It'll make you breathe easier. It'll make you smile easier. It'll make you. Just go through your everyday life with whatever challenges it is. And and everyone has their own challenges. I have my own challenges. You have your own challenges. I'm sure where I am and, you know, I laugh because, okay, they're like classic, you know, 26-year-old challenges. But everyone else out there, you know, probably has worse. And that also, I in, a, in, a, in an odd, you know, you could just in an odd way, you know, I guess makes me feel better. But... It, it, this is such an odd topic to to talk about, especially in Adar, right? Happiness and whatever, but but I think it's also important. Maybe during this time, while we're always you know extra hyped up or extra smiley, to you know take a step back and remember that um, things are challenging out there. But if you remember that that it is all controlled by the Almighty, then you really have nothing nothing to worry about. And that's how I live every day. I I don't worry about small things. I try not to worry about the big things. You know. I go to bed, I wake up, wash, rinse, repeat, and try to smile throughout the day as much as I can, knowing that at one juncture in my life, at some point, it'll hopefully all work out. I, I promise you, this is not at all what I had planned, but but for whatever reason, like it's, for whatever reason, it, it, this is how it came out, and this is... Um, this is the topic that ended up being discussed, so that's kind of cool. All right, um, I told you about Purim, I told you about that. Um, on this week's show, we have two interviews. The 9.30 a.m. slot is occupied by Joanna Shepson from funinjerusalem.com. And Joanna, this week, has a uh, actually a really cool interview. I mean, it's it's really cool every week. This is from Near God, the, VI, the VP excuse me, of Big Idea. A camp in Israel, you're going to want to check that out at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And then at 10 a.m., it's Tova in Israel as she talks to Devorah Katz from Papa Melach, the uh, ever-exciting 
favorite place to eat by many people, Pat Bamelach in Israel. Again, that'll be with Tova in Israel at 10 a.m. Eastern. The segment that has no name with Miriam El Wallach will likely not take place. Usually it's TBD. I'm guessing this week, just from knowing everyone's schedule, it is probably not going to take the place this week. So we'll wrap things up at the end of the show with just a little small thing. Um, otherwise, Wednesday live lunch with Avrami coming up after the show. But for now, we have plenty of new music here. There are a few extra songs that I'm going to add in. Pro- not Purim related per se. You know, Adar's over, but maybe I'll, I'll keep in one Purim song. I, I really like Mika Gammerman's Purim medley, so that may find itself in. Otherwise, going to go back to mostly regular music and then some new songs that I've been uh, listening to lately and that I've enjoyed. But we start things off with one song and one song only. Mahabecha Shel Simchan this Wednesday on Bite Size right here at the Nachum Segal Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים <laughs> Yeah, baby. 
לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עד שנה? התקרנו יום? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך. יש לי, יש לי אמונה אני מאמין בניסים אני יודע שיש אלוקים והוא בורא עולם הכוח של כולם שומע את קולי אני מאמין בניסים אני יודע שיש אלוקים והוא בורא עולם הכוח של כולם, ישלח לי את הנס, ישלח לי את הנס שלי, יאללה! קומאדיווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
Gitano bisimcho, you gagalu mitzvo, gedoyla meri shoyno. Ho mitzvo, gitano bisimcho, you gagalu loy, mitzvo, gedoyla meri shoyno. Ho mitzvo, gitano bisimcho, 
Bottom of hour number one here on Bite Size. I got to tell you, I absolutely love that song. I I don't know how it came to me during the perm suit of this past uh, Thursday, whatever it was. We sang it, I kid you not, five to ten minutes easy, just straight. And like most of the people, including me for the most part, I think I've heard it once or twice, but it's two words. And most of the people there had no idea, like, what is this song? And I'm just like, guys, two words, we got this simple. And I go, and we're going, and like for the, and we go for like five to ten minutes. Everyone, like it's a sick beat, good song. Just go and go and go, and and I got to include it now. It, it's going to be part of the playlist forever. Like it's such an awesome song, and uh, you know, I, I also like songs with nice meanings to the words. This is, I mean, simple Baruch Hashem, but like, ah, oh, such a beautiful song. Anyway, bottom of hour number one here on Bytes. You should have seen. <laughs> we're playing this song. And I tell I I tell all the people all the time I'm the weirdest person out there, right? So so we're playing the song right now. I am out of my seat here, just singing and dancing to it. And and sometimes I wonder, like, if we planted a a camera in this studio and we left it on all day, it was rolling all day, not necessarily volume, but just was, how many people would actually just like randomly just click it and and, and see what's going on in the Nachum Single Network studio? Because because there are times, I mean, this, this there should be. In some ways, there should constantly be cameras rolling here, and in some ways, like, no, not at all. Um, but really, just such an awesome song. Um, gets, 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 I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. All right, bottom of hour number one, it's time for Joanna Shebson's interview. Joanna Shebson from Fun in Jerusalem with Near God, the VP of Big Idea right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. So today we get to talk with Nir God, who is the VP of Big Idea. Um, I'm not going to take away his thunder. I'm going to let him tell you what the Big Idea is and, and sort of a little bit about the history of Big Idea educational programs. Hi, Nir. Hi, Joanna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Perfect. So uh, tell our listeners a bit about Big Idea and how it started and, and what you do for Big Idea. Yeah. So... Uh, Big, we are at Big Idea. We've been around for the past uh, 12 years. 
uh, what we've been doing, we've been connecting kids and teens and young adults to Israel through experiences of innovation, creativity, and technology. Um, our main program is uh, the Big Idea Summer Camps in Israel. It's been around for 12 years. Last year, for example, we had around 1,000 campers in two locations in Israel. Half of them are Israeli. The other half come from 30 different countries, the U.S., France, U.K., Italy, Spain, even Turkey and China. Uh, so it's a, it's a high-tech summer camp. It's a summer camp with a twist, with a twist of uh, technology. Uh, apart from the camps, we've been doing also uh, gap year programs in Israel, internships programs in Israel. All of them are uh, focusing on connecting to Israel through this uh, high-tech experience. It's really amazing because, you know, everyone refers to Israel as the startup nation. And the truth is it all starts with the youth and it starts with the younger kids. So you're bringing them into Israel or those who already live here and you're letting them learn new skills and new. To give us some examples of some of the technology or the different choices you have when you come to camp. Exactly. So uh, in our camp, we have uh, kids vary from age 7 to 18 and uh, they're in different age groups, and when they come to our camp, uh, they get to choose three workshops, three skills that they want to focus on, that they want to improve themselves in, and uh, um, they have to choose it out of a list of 40 different workshops. You can imagine how difficult it is for, for the teens to, to select only three because they have a lot of options. The options vary. You can do, you can focus on, you know, a, a hardcore computer stuff. You can do, learn coding, web design, cybersecurity. Some of our campers do cybersecurity and then they go to the army and they continue doing that. Uh, if you're not uh, that into computers, you can uh, focus more on media and design. We have workshops that focus on animation, graphic design, photography, and we even have workshops focused on uh, giving you skills to open a YouTube channel on, on, your, on your own. That's amazing. Yeah, you did a YouTube camp once where you brought some famous Israeli YouTubers. Yeah, yeah. We actually do it also in the summer. Uh, uh, if you are taking the YouTube workshop in the summer. You'll meet uh, familiar faces, the uh, Israeli YouTubers who are coming and they're doing some sort of mentoring. Our, our goal is when a camper comes to Big Idea, after two weeks at camp, they will be able to show a project that they created on their own. Uh, so let's say out of two weeks uh, of uh, different workshops, um, in the first week, you learn about the software, how you do stuff, uh, um, and then in the second week, you start working on your own project. And then, for example, if you do, if you take computer game design, then after two weeks, you have your own computer game that you can take home and show others. If you take uh, special effects, you learn how to work with uh, After Effects, a very uh, famous software that they've been using in, uh, in studios in Hollywood. And after two weeks, you have your own short clip of uh, something that you do with special effects, a uh, short video. So there are really cool stuff uh, that you can do. We actually, every year, we add new workshops. We kind of, we want to cater to different uh, needs and uh, things that uh, campers are doing, uh, camper want to do. So this year we also add uh, 
a news team workshop, so campers will work together uh, and create a website uh, on their own, and uh, they will uh, write articles and show, you know, produce news from camp. Uh, we also, uh, I hope it's not a competition for the, for the radio <laughs> station. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, maybe you, you have a radio workshop. Is that yeah, <laughs> maybe, and we'll bring you as a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> well, when uh, I came to visit the camp last summer, I drove up um, to the campsite, which was near Zichron Yaakov. Yes. And I got to see the group that had been working for the last week or two on building escape rooms. That's and they true. learned like all the techniques for how to do the clues and what to do, and then they built their own escape room that other campers got to go through. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think the the campers and certainly the parents really appreciate because you don't think about it. you think about escape room as a form of entertainment. You know, you go with friends for an hour, but when you focus on that and you realize like how do you build a good escape room? You need to think about puzzles and riddles and what makes a good puzzle. Uh, you know, they give them the theory on all of that, and they come up w with that. And after two weeks, they create their own escape room. And what's nice about it is that the rest of the camp community, their friends, are coming in and trying to solve the puzzle. So I saw uh, campers did, uh, they actually build uh, a kitchen and a living room in one of the labs. And uh, they say, who stole mom cookies? You have only 20 minutes to find <laughs> out. And they have different riddles there and uh, things to do. And it's amazing when you let those uh, teens come up with their own ideas, how innovative they are, the, the amazing idea they have. Um, I've, I've been doing it for many years, and every year I'm impressed. So I think that's the right, that's the right way to ex explain the camp, is that you yeah. give the kids the direction they need, but then you give them the independence to really create on their own. Exactly. That's what I was able to see. Exactly. Another, another part, I think a meaningful part of our uh, camp experience, it's not just the workshops. We don't want the kids sitting in front of the computer the whole day. It's still a, a summer camp. So we do a lot of uh, social activities, uh, fun activities. We have bonfire and pool party. And uh, basically, we have kids and teens coming from 30 different countries to Big Idea. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, the, after Israel, half of the kids are from Israel, and after that we have uh, a large group from the U.S., uh, Italy, uh, France, Spain, and even a more remote location. We, have an, we even have kids from Jewish communities in Casablanca, Morocco, and uh, Istanbul, Turkey. So it's really exciting you know, when they come in and they they get to meet other Jewish teens their own age and bond with them. It's amazing. And then yeah. what's it like in camp? I know, first of all, that um, when the camp was formed, the idea was to bring a piece of that American summer camp feeling to Israel. And mm -hmm. you've really done that. And what's like a Shabbos experience in camp? Um, we have many Orthodox kids, Shomer Shabbat kids at camp. I would say around 10 to 15% of our campers are uh, Shomer Shabbat. Um, I, I would say that the, the experience that we build, it's, um, our focus is about uh, pluralism and uh, respecting each other. You can be a secular kid, you can be a religious kid, and uh, as long as you're here together at camp, you can make good and meaningful friendship and learn about the culture of one another. What we do on Shabbat is before Shabbat starts, 
we have a very camp-style Kabbalat Shabbat with uh, songs and dance and, you know, with the prayers from the Sidur and uh, new songs that are in the Shabbat and camp themes. Uh, and then we say, if you want, you can go to shul, to synagogue. We have a synagogue in the camp. Uh, you can go to to synagogue and do an Orthodox Kabbalat Shabbat. During Shabbat, we don't have uh, um, any computer activities. We don't play music. We focus more on uh, fun, bonding activities, sports. We even have a swimming pool uh, activity. If you cannot go to the pool on Shabbat, then uh, there's always an alternative uh, option. Uh, and then when Shabbat ends, we have a, a huge dance party, which is a lot of fun. Very nice. I, I've been telling Nir that he needs to create a, a camp like this for adults because these are all things I wish I could go and do and yeah. be able to be in a fun atmosphere and learn all these amazing new tools. Yeah. Um, so right before we end, can you just tell me a little bit about your gap year program because that kind of grew out of the Big Idea Camp experience, right? Yeah, yeah. in a way, I, I would say. I think... Um, after uh, 10 years of doing that, you know, two years ago, we would say we have this camp community. We have uh, around 40, 45% of the campers returning year after year. Some of them are becoming counselors. We have this community, uh, but we can only bring them to Israel uh, every summer for until they're 18. What are we doing with them? When they, after they're 18, how do we continue bringing them to Israel? That's how we, we come up with the idea to do a Masa program, a gap year in Israel. Uh, and we started it two years ago. We are just finishing this uh, June. We're going to finish our second year and our third group in Israel. Uh, and we have um, a gap year in Israel. We say to, we say to the, those high school grads, come. Uh, come get a head start in the startup nation. That's, that's our focus. We want to give you tools to get a head start in life and experience uh, how they do it in Israel. So apart from having an incredible gap year experience in Israel, we're taking them on trips, uh, we're showing them a different size of Israeli society, They've been visiting the Bedouins in the Negev, and they've been visiting in Hebron and uh, all around all around Israel. So they're doing all of that. But the main focus of the program, four days a week, they're doing a high-tech boot camp. They're learning either uh, coding, how to uh, become a front-end developer, making uh, apps for uh, desktop and mobiles, and we have another course that we're adding next year that is graphic design and user interface. Use your knowledge and creativity to create an amazing website. And when they finish that, they get a, a certificate. Either you're a front-end developer and you can work in coding, or you're a web designer and you can work in software houses, you can work in advertising, online advertising. And this takes place in Be'er Sheva, right? Yeah, it takes place in Be'er Sheva. We actually offer a, two options. You can come for five months, or you can come for nine months, which you do the five months in Be'er Sheva, and then you can take an extension of internships in, uh, internships in Tel Aviv. And uh, think about it. You are 18 and a half years old, and you're uh, getting work experience in a in a high-tech company in Israel. How incredible is that?
It's really incredible. Uh, yeah. And obviously anyone who's listening to this radio show realizes that NIR is a wonderful contact for if you've got kids who are interested in technology or kids who are thinking about Aliyah in the future and want to know what types of job opportunities exist in technology, graphic design. Yeah. Um, some of the companies they work with are IBM, SodaStream, the big name companies in Israel. Yeah, um, yeah. We have we have uh, participants now interning in. There, it's pretty amazing because it could be like a a small startup that just starting. You know, five people in the office, and we have one intern who's doing his internship in a mega corporation with uh, thousands of employees. So each one of them really gets a different mm -hmm. experience. And I, I want to share another amazing thing that they did when they were in Beersheba. Uh, it was pretty incredible. We, uh, we have, uh, towards the end of the program, after they finish the course, we have something called Impact Month. Uh, so we want them to take all the knowledge that they gained and give back to the community in Beersheba. So they, they've been in touch with the Karaso Science Park in Beersheba. It's the largest science museum in Israel. And they've been sitting with the park, understanding the needs. And for one month, they were working at the camp and developing apps for the camp to help the, for, not the camp, sorry, the for the campus, for the museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they've been working with the Karaso Science Museum. They've been developing apps that help the museum create a community around the museum activities, something that the museum never had and never thought about doing. And now people are using uh, apps that our participants created. It's really exciting. Fantastic. It's so exciting. Yeah. So thank you so much for telling us uh, all about it. And if anyone wants to reach near, you can email bigidea at funinjerusalem.com. Perfect. Anything related to camps, you've got, they've got a Pesach camp, they've got the gap year, they have a lot going on, and, and every year I found that they continue to grow. So yeah. <laughs> keep looking out to see what they're Next year we'll talk about other programs, no problem. Exactly. But if you are, whether you are 7, if you are from 7 to 21, contact us. We have something uh, that we can okay. offer you a meaningful experience in Israel. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much, Mir. And Thank now, you, Joanna. And now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Near God, the VP of Big Idea. Funinjerusalem.com, Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook and Instagram. If you are headed to Israel for the Pesach holiday coming up in just a few weeks, that's right, Pesach in just a few weeks, contact Joanna at Funinjerusalem.com. You're looking for something cool to do on Cholomoy Tuesday, maybe right after the Chag on Sunday. you got some time. Funinjerusalem.com, Facebook and Instagram again. Joanna at Funinjerusalem.com, and she will hook you up with all the cool, cool, fun ideas to do in Jerusalem and all over the land of Israel. More coming up here. Great music. Tova in Israel at 10 a.m. And we'll wrap things up before Wednesday's live lunch with Rami at 11 a.m. But for now, more music right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Hashem, 
the world make over. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't gotta be me or see what I see. All you gotta do is take a look forward. Lift up your eye to the sky. Spread out your hands. Say thank you. Smile. Get them up. Put them up. Leave them up. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Pump up the value every day. Stand in place. Heart racing. No words to say. Pressure building. Trying to hold my face. Mind drifting like not today. Wake up from everything. Break out your shell and scream. Ha. Shim. You're the king. Ha. Shim. You're the king. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'em. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch.
Machabracha, the name of that one from Shmuel Younger, as we start here, hour number two on Bite Size. And it's time for Tovin Israel's interview with Devorah Katz from Papa Melach, right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I am so excited to introduce my next guest on my next Tova Talks interview with Devorah Katz, the owner of the most delicious restaurant, maybe in all of Israel. All the- <laughs> 
both Papa Melach. I am sitting here enjoying such a delicious meal with her. Hi, Deborah. Hi, I'm very excited to be the most delicious restaurant in Israel, though I do not think that that is true, but we are pretty delicious. They are super delicious. Um, Deborah, before we get into your delicious restaurant and talk about that, can you tell us who you are, where you're from, when you moved to Israel? Sure. Okay, those are good questions. Um, my name is Devorah Katz. I was born actually in Ottawa, Canada. A little wow. known fact about me because we moved very quickly. I grew up in Toronto. I made Aliyah, I think it's 24 years ago. It's a long time. That is a long time. It is. That's 20 more years than me. It's true. It is. <laughs> We can constantly, we will always celebrate our anniversaries together with our 20 year difference. Wow. wow. Yeah. So we've been here for 20 years. I lived in Yerushalayim for three years and then I got married and moved to Alonshvut where we still live today with our five kids. Amazing. So what's it like, I guess, for your kids who grew up here compared to how you, you moved here later on in life? Do you see a difference? Of course. So look, I married a guy, David, it's lovely, from Cleveland. Um, and so our house is like, the kids read in English, the books are in English, we talk in English. And we actually went on sabbatical for one year when they were younger. So the house is very English, but they have this ability to sort of, they go to summer camp in the States, but they're very involved here in B'nai Akiva. So they, I like to think that they have the best of both worlds and they yeah. just like to think that they're Israeli. They're well-rounded. <laughs> with American parents. Well-rounded with all the different cultures. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so you moved to Israel and did you, 24, 24 years ago, but your restaurant that we're sitting in is a it's, year, a it's year old. It's not even a year old. I realized a few days ago that um, Facebook, you know, they are, they are my memory keepers. <laughs> Facebook told me that uh, three days ago, a year and three days ago, we got the key to this place. Uh -huh. And then we spent six weeks renovating it. Wow. And developing a new menu. So what, some of my favorite memories are... We would stick. We stuck post-its all around um, the restaurants with different um, ideas for food. And so Dikla and my staff, my kitchen staff, would go in and they'd make these delicious meals. And then everyone who worked for us, which at the time was not more than five or six or seven people, we would meet up once or twice a week to try new foods to see yeah. if they were good. So we launched. Our first day was Motze Pesach. It was a huge. It was crazy. Meaning we're standing outside right now. The there was nowhere you couldn't park. There was nowhere to park. There was a traffic jam all the way up. The breads were, it was crazy, but we've been here for a year. That's amazing. But before we get in, I want to talk all about your restaurant, but what did you do up to the restaurant? You, you were here for so many years before that. Uh, when David and I first started our careers, it was in education. I was working for Young Judea for a while. I was the assistant director there. I taught there. And then I started writing curriculum. So I really spent most of my career writing educational curriculum and teaching. And David taught in um, Israeli uh, junior high and high schools for most of his career. This wow. was sort of a crazy shift over. Yes, yeah, so you went from chinuch, you went from teaching to running this beautiful business that is so popular now. I see it all over Facebook. People are constantly talking about Papa Mella. It's great. Thank God. I would say so our customers are probably the kindest people that I that I know. How did you come up with the name for the, re for the restaurant? So it's another great story. Also because we come from that world. We come from an education background. The concept of Papa Malach is in Pirkei Avot. It means, really, it's talking about how a person should live their lives. And it talks about living a very simple life. So what do you really need? You need a slice of bread and maybe a little salt on the bread. <laughs> and so that really resonated with us. It's this idea of really starting very simply, very authentically and building from there. We did not pick the name. It was Dove Abramson who uh, will actually brand the truck you're looking at. We just oh, got our first truck. He's going to brand the truck. Beautiful. Um, so his graphics company did a bunch of pitches of different names and different vibes, and um, Dove came up with the name, and his team came up with the vibe, and we and ran with stuck. it. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this. Your restaurant is in, and your 
workshop, because you do workshops also, they're both in Gosh Etzion, yeah. in Judea, in well, Yehuda. We felt, look, we live here. We live in Alone Shvud. But, what, but what's it like having, starting a business, ground up, in the heart of Israel? See, land I think that you're making it sound more romantic than we actually felt that it was. We were just starting a business, and this is where we lived, so we started the business. We do have incredibly warm feelings for Gush Etzion. We love it. My kids were born here. My kids were raised here. You know, it feels very nice to be part of the landscape of this area. We feel yeah. very proud of that. So we're part of Gush Etzion and Efrat. It's two different municipalities. Yeah. Uh, the workshops, meaning the, our first store, our first bakery was in Kibbutz Rosh Tzurim. It's yes, still I, I, there. I know. I had a little bit of a mistake when I came. <laughs> yes, we're thrilled that um, Tova managed to see both bakeries. I did. In not, not intentionally today by showing up for your first meeting I to the did. wrong one. I had one meeting here and uh, <laughs> came by bus. And But no, who's that wonderful woman? George. She's my great friend. She saw me walking in looking very perplexed. Yeah, you are not the first person that she has put in her car and driven here. <laughs> and, I, and she goes, oh, you're not, you're not, it's in a fry. You want to be in a fry? I said, I don't have a car. And she's like, I'll take you. No. Like, think about Amistra. The people in the gush. First of all, people in the gush are so nice. George specifically happens to also be so she nice. She was so sweet. Yeah, she, she also needed you to here. get. She said that the person right before me bought all the Danishes out, so she came oh. here to get them. <laughs> she had ulterior motives. She said, "If I'm coming already, already I might as well." Yeah, bring now some. she got mitzvah points. Not only did she get Danishes, but she did a mitzvah. Exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So we opened in Rosh Tzurim almost four years ago, and there I was so nervous because David, he's lovely, but I don't know what he knows about making bread. It seemed okay, but I don't know. So we were like, look. You also teach, and you love teaching, so why don't we, you'll bake bread, and you'll do these workshops. Wow. Yes, so. So David's the one that does the workshops. David is, David does everything. I just sit and drink coffee with people <laughs> like you. That's my job. It's really tough. I'm suffering through it. David is the baker. Meaning, wow. when we started, I said to him, I'm totally supportive. I'm all in. Also, I said that because the bread oven was first built in our backyard, and I wanted it to get the heck out of our backyard because <laughs> I wanted lawn furniture. So I'm glad I'm so supportive of you. I want you to go and build your bakery. But my one rule was that I'm never going to touch the dough. Sourdough bakers, they're very, it's, you know, it takes 22 artisan. hours to make an artisan loaf. Yeah. I don't have, who has 22 hours? So I'm saying, like, my kids want cookies. 12 minutes later, there's a cookie just eat a cookie but for David it's like this huge it's art yeah it's art it's art it's art in ways I don't really understand but I appreciate because it literally puts and, bread on my table and now you know lots of people appreciate it too thank god I mean right? I said to him what's the worst case scenario meaning we're never going to starve either you'll be successful and we can afford food or you'll be terrible and we'll eat your toast that was really our those were our two options going into this event but he started he was baking and he was running workshops so workshops were great for him because he can continue he loves teaching meaning it's, it's his passion yeah so he he gets to teach and he loves Eretz Yisrael. So he gets to teach in these workshops about where grain comes from in the land of Israel, how it's connected to the Jewish calendar. It felt like the, like a perfect marriage for him. And it's been great. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And do you eat your bread at home for Shabbos? For Shabbat? I'm so happy that you asked that question. <laughs> I'm thrilled that you did the Shabbos Shabbat in case different people are listening. I know. I, I, go, <laughs> I go between the two because I'm always dealing with tourists coming from America. So it's always the Shabbos. It's very hard. But I live here. So and I, I'm married to an Israeli. So it's Shabbat. I'll tell you something. that It's always been Shabbat for me forever except we lived in America for one year in Cleveland. And then I was like, I'm going all in. And I Shabbos the heck out of that year. <laughs> as many times as I could. Um, yes, we do eat the stuff on Shabbat. I will say that, hilariously, I was just talking about it yesterday, but um, 
in our house, like my little kids, like they don't want to eat artisan bread. Who wants to eat a country French loaf when you could just eat a slice of white bread? So we, we used to call it Abba bread and regular bread. So I told David, there was this great thing that happened yesterday. I said to my son, I said, do you want your sandwich for school on Abba bread or regular bread? And he said, Abba bread. I said, I thought that was great. Meaning luckily he has arrived. I would like go to Rami Levy and buy like angel's bread and hide at the bottom of my cart because I thought it would be bad for business. <laughs> That's, that's true because you have a brand and you yes oh no God, one no can't. one can ever know except for your thousands of <laughs> listeners everybody don't tell <laughs> no but let me just tell you the sandwich that i'm eating right now the the halloumi sandwich yeah that's good that if they were watching my instagram story they would have seen me i'm sure they're it. watching your instagram story who could miss the it bread is, the bread is, i love interviewing you <laughs> It just goes with the flow. It just goes. It just goes. goes. We just go. <laughs> um, it's delicious. Really. Yeah, thank God. Listen, they do a good job here. I'm not going to lie. I think I'd have a harder time like selling this stuff if I thought it was bad. But they do great. Meaning, and then joining David are these great people. We have the the top contour of uh, the Mamela Hotel moved over to work for us a are while ago. Yeah, now you got to eat a Danish before you go. Oh, my God. He's amazing. Well, I also have to take things. I'm going up to a simmer up north for Shabbat. I'm very happy for that- you that by the time people are listening to this, I will have already gone. Uh, it's complicated. <laughs> this whole exactly. time thing. Exactly. But I plan on taking a lot of stuff from here. As you should. Except that halls aren't ready yet because they bake them overnight Thursday night. I know. By the way, can I just tell you something about sure. this? Sure. This is a very big problem in Israel. I don't usually talk about the problems in Israel, but the main problem in Israel... <laughs> this is it. The main. All the problems in Israel. This is the main one. Challah is not ready on Thursdays. No. It's candy. Only on Friday. Yes. Look, Who I would say time on Friday to go challah shopping. So I would say my grandmother <laughs> of blessed memory from Brooklyn, Pearl Nemetsky, she's wonderful. She was wonderful. But I think like on Wednesday or Thursday, I feel like my aunt and uncle are gonna call me and tell me what day it was. On Wednesday or Thursday, she would take her booby uh she would take her booby card out to Flatbush, like the main drag, Coney Island and Jay there, and she put all her orders in for Shabbos. You had to put and Shabbos there, it's not Shabbat. You had to put your orders in for Shabbos, and then on Friday you would go pick them up. Like it was a whole thing. It's a production. It's a production. So in Israel they're like we know no one's thinking about it until Friday. Just pick your hell up. I know, but the problem is, because I do my shuk tours, I don't do them on Friday. And I try to avoid the shuk at all costs on Fridays, because it's so crowded there. So crowded. Um, and so I'm there on Thursdays, but there's no challah. No challah. And I want to just take it home already. It's true. We, also, we don't do it. Uh, the only time we do pull it out is we do concerts at the bakery. Here in Rosh Hashanah, we have concert nights. Like here, yeah. Shlomo and Dovi are playing next week. It's going to oh. be great. We're so excited. We really are so excited about them coming. Yeah. Um, so they're actually local music talent. They're fabulous. But what I will usually do is I'll time the end of their concert to coincide with challahs coming out of the oven. Because oh then the smell genius. is great and people are like, you know, maybe they had a beer or two in them. <laughs> and then I oversell, meaning they just buy extras. So wow. it's great. That's yeah. so smart. That's tricky. Trickiness at Papa Melach. <laughs> you guys are getting all the secrets here. You are. You are. Those, I think you've, got, you've, you've had them all. That's it. <laughs> There's no other secrets. Um, it would be a really big mistake right now if after eating this delicious meal, I didn't tell everybody how they could also come have their delicious meal. From it's nice of you to share with restaurant. other people. It's very mitzvah girl of you. Yes. Thank you very. So, yes. Here's how, how you do it. How can they find you? You get on an airplane. <laughs> When you get off the airplane, there are cabs waiting to take you straight, straight. to Efrat. Um, <laughs> you just meeting, that's all you need to do. Get on the airplane. Get off the and airplane. Say Papa Melech, but make sure you say Efrat and not Rosh Stream. It's true. I mean, we'll feed you in Rosh Stream also, but there's no restaurant there, so we'll feed you less. Right. Meaning, just come out here. 
The menu's great. We just launched the menu that you're eating right now. It's a new menu. We launched it two and a half weeks ago. When I was here last time, it wasn't this menu. No, I get very nervous about things, and I like building slowly. So we had a very, like, narrowly defined menu. A few soups, a few salads, a few sandwiches, a few hot dishes to get us to go. And then after, you know, six or seven months, we're like, we got it. And they just launched. It's a fabulous menu. Nothing to do with me, to do with my staff. Well, I have to tell you, so I'm going to name a few people that that I know, that I follow also. People come here all the time and they have like their go-to. Like it's true. Avi Abelo, we all know Avi Abelo. <laughs> Avi Abelo's roast beef sandwich. He seems very quote, quote, enamored with roast beef sandwich. It's not really roast beef. It's tuna. It's a seared tuna, but it's built up to look like a roast beef. I don't know what they do. It's magic. Avi does like that. It's and, true. And Danielle Renoir, peas, loves and carrots. Uh, carrot puree. She loves carrot puree so much. So much. Meaning Baruch Hashem for carrot puree. She loves it. I don't know. I don't know. She just loves it. I have oh, no answer. That's the name of it. It's not a dish. No, no, no. She just loves the dip that we have. No, but I, what's the dish that she likes? Oh, she likes the vegan sandwich, but really right. she only likes it because of the carrot puree. Oh, because there's carrot puree. Well, her name is Peas Loves and Carrots. It works for her. So it, it works might... for her. It's on brand. Danielle, you're totally on brand. <laughs> um, so when people come here, maybe they can find their own, you know, go-to sandwich also. It's true. I think you're working on it now. I'm working on it also. You have to try I, a few, I, the, few the more things. The halloumi is delicious, but I, I could still... Yeah, you can try work other through it. Also. Yes, don't limit yourself. The it's early the, yet. <laughs> the menu is huge. Thank God. Um, okay, so th- how can they find you if they want to uh, come? Look, you want to find us on realistically. Yes, uh, realistically. <laughs> if you can't make it on an airplane right now to get to us, uh, check out our website. It's papamelech.com. There are all sorts of great things you can do to follow us. We have a podcast, um, so you can actually either on iTunes or Spotify find the podcast. But even on our website, you can find our podcast is all about the build, building of the business it's a uh-huh. lot of fun yeah um you can follow us on instagram that's a lot of happy food pictures you can follow us on facebook a lot of stories and a lot of deals or you can come visit us and we'll feed you okay so everybody the link is going to be posted you can all find papa Melach on facebook instagram on their website and then definitely come here and check it out the last question i want to ask you is it's very important what do you call your israel happy place if you could think of one place in israel that you feel like the most content Spiritually, emotionally, physically. Oh, it's my home. You're all invited to my home, too. Absolutely my home. Meaning, thank God, we've been here for so many years. We've built a great house. We've got some great kids. They seem to have lots of friends who seem to be in and out of our house all the time. It is truly my happiest place. Wow, that's beautiful. Thanks, man. Devorah, it's so nice to see you all the time. I'm so happy I got to uh, have you on my Tova Talks interview. Um, I wish you continued success with everything you do, with your restaurant, with the next step, with your five-year plan, because, you know, everybody needs a five-year plan. Everyone needs a five-year plan, Tova. I'm waiting to hear yours. I can't wait to see what happens next for you. Thanks so much. Um, So thank you. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Devorah Katz, again from Pat Bamelach. Tova in Israel.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook and Instagram, where you could follow her for all of her wonderful content all across the land of Israel. We have plenty more coming up here, some great music, and then uh, we'll wrap things up before Wednesday's live lunch with Rami coming up at 11. But for now, more music. Yachad from Barry Weber right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Vaya hi, vaya hi, 
חייב עבר, עוד לא קרה שיום חזר, מה שהיה, היה ונגמר, מה שיהיה זה כל מה שנשאר, מה שהיה תם ונשלם, אתה כבר לא הולך לשם, מה שהיה, היה ונזכר, מה שפתוח זה רק Hey, 
להיכנס לכושר, שחיתות בכל שבועיים, פיגוע כל יומיים. טוב, דיברנו מספיק, כפינו תודה. עכשיו נחזור אחורה אל הבסיס, זמן לומר תודה. תודה על הרוח, שאין לי זמן לנוח, על התיקון, על המהות. תודה על היהדות, אין לנו זכות בכלל להתלונן, הכל פוחמסה וברוך השם כי החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו חמודים אתם. אז ילדים, בואו נעשה שמח! 
מי שמי שמי שנכנס הדל, מרבים 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 בשמחה. מי שמי שמי שנכנס הדל, מרבים 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 בשמחה. מי שנכנס הדל, מרבים בשמחה. מי שנכנס הדל, מרבים בשמחה.
ששון ויקרת, ליהודים הייתה הוראה ושמחה, הוראה ושמחה וששון ויקרת. שושנת יעקב צהלה ושמחה, מירותם יחד חלת מותיכי. שושנת יעקב צהלה ושמחה, מירותם יחד חלת מותיכי. תשועתם הייתה לנצח ותקוותם בכל דור ודור ברוך מרדכי היהודי ברוך מרדכי היהודי ששון ויקר, ליהודים ליהודים, הייתה אורה, אורה ושמחה וששון ויקר. כן, כן,
There it is again, Baruch Hashem, as we wrap up here on Bite Size. Baruch Hashem, look at that. The second time we played it here on Bite Size as we get ready to wrap things up here. You know I don't often play the same song twice, but I had to play that one. Baruch Hashem, by the way, from Zusha and Pumpadisa. You could find it on YouTube and I'm sure everywhere else. Um, it's just such a great song. It's the juices flowing. I had to wrap things up with it for the second time. It makes its debut here on Bite Size, and it's a good chance. There is a good chance it is going to last on this show for a long, long time. So I'm glad I got it twice today for makeup for all the other times I wasn't able to get it on. But it'll be here for a long time. Avrami, I hope that you were you were jumping up. You were jamming to this song. Maybe you'll even play it on your show. I don't listen. I don't produce your show. I don't DJ your show. That's up to you. But I think people like this song. So, just a uh, a suggestion, at least from uh, Yoni Pollock here on Bite Size. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here with me on Bite Size. Hi, this has been a show, a great show. I'd like to wish you all a good, good day, folks, and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size. <laughs>